Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome to the Uncommon Life Project. I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. And we're thankful that you guys are listening. Welcome to the first episode ever of Uncommon Life Project. We're glad you're with us. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, uh, but for the first time, what we thought we'd do something a little bit different than we normally will do. Um, what are normal? Let's talk about that so you at least know what the cadence of our show will be. Brian, go ahead and tell us what uh, we're going to be, what the listeners can expect. Yeah, so the purpose of our podcast is to highlight people that are living an uncommon life. And I think what we mean by that is, is and the things that I guess we want to highlight is two things. One, kind of like the mindset or the desire to design your own life and, uh, you know, not live within some sort of limitation. Um, and then two is in order to do that, typically you need your money to work for you, not just you working for your money. So we want to highlight, um, how people have introduced, uh, different forms of residual income and double down on what they're passionate about and what they have been gifted in. So. Absolutely. And we see it every day, just working with so many awesome clients that there was some light bulb or some switch that went off and they were kind of coasting through life or roboting through life. And then all of a sudden they get this um, enthusiasm and excitement that they never thought they could have. And they have this life to uh, that lives accordingly. And so that's what we want to try to highlight every week uh, when we talk about this. And then the other times we just talk about maybe tools and different out-of-the-box thinking that can help you guys get to that place of uncommon thought and uncommon life. So thank you for joining us today. We thought we would just go through and kind of highlight who your hosts are so you can get a little bit more familiar with us. Brian, go ahead and start talking about you because you're way more interesting than I am. I don't think so. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Brian Durst, I live in Ames, Iowa. I've lived in Iowa now for uh, 12 years. I have three beautiful children from a previous marriage, and I'm currently engaged uh, to a wonderful woman. And uh, yeah, we just enjoy having fun. I've been working with Philip Ramsey as business partners now for uh, five and a half years. And uh, we have our own little business marriage and we have a good time. That's true. I like playing uh, tennis. Uh, I like entrepreneurial stuff, helping uh, business owners. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just spending time with family and um, having fun. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Philip Ramsey. I live uh, here in Iowa, uh, Ankeny, Iowa. Uh, I've been married for 10 years this coming January. We're excited to celebrate that. And we have three amazing children, nine, seven, five years old. My wife stays home. She does an amazing job. She works in the trenches that I got to go hang out with some amazing people. It's really not fair. She totally outserves me. Um, so let's talk about the who, what, where, when, why, and how of, of the podcast and kind of help people get an understanding of the way that we do business. Uh, let's talk about the why we do what we do, because I think that's really what gave us passion to be where we're at today. Um, go ahead, Brian. 
Certainly. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in this business in uh, financial services. My mom still works for a brokerage firm in uh, Nebraska and my dad spent most of his career in banking and insurance. So uh, I've always been fascinated with numbers, um, compounding, uh, financial different stuff. And I've always kind of been around it. So um, in college, I worked for my mom's firm. I went to Creighton University in Omaha, the Harvard of the Midwest, if you will, and uh, majored in economics and finance and, uh, you know, really spent a lot of time in the brokerage business through college and uh, in several different roles at my mom's firm. And then out of that got into uh, consulting with one of the top four uh, accounting firms or, or, you know, considered the big four in America and uh, spent five years there and just learned a lot about business and cash flow and internal systems. And it was just such a, a rich experience to to get to work at companies like Union Pacific, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Geico Insurance Company, to name a few. And, uh, you know, really looking at my economics background in 06, 07, uh, I just really felt like uh, the sky was going to fall, the economy was, was doomed, and that uh, things were really going to implode. And so, uh, a mentor of mine showed me some concepts uh, with financial services, and I just couldn't ignore the pull anymore to come back to this business and uh, stop traveling. I was traveling all over the country and just felt pulled away from my family. And so, yeah, I got into this business in uh, the eye of the storm, December of 2008. I quit my uh, my you know, safe consulting job and got into 100% into this business. And so just wanted to uh, help people understand that there's different assets outside of the stock market. And there's different ways to generate income. And uh, that's just one of the main things that I'm probably most excited about highlighting on this, uh, on this podcast is just people that are winning in so many different ways. And uh, there's just so many different ways to make money out there. Uh, I'm just so excited about that. For sure. So tell me this, because I think this is really interesting just to follow back on what you're saying, because you were working at pretty big company. What was that final switch to say, I'm going to go try to do this on my own? Yeah. So I was in a, um, another city with a colleague and it was, you know, 10 o'clock at night and we were out in a bar and I was just like, man, I just miss my family truthfully. And I was just so tired of traveling and uh, I just wanted to be home. And, and, and then the other half of that was um, I traveled about nine months out of the year. And a lot of it was, you know, driving to another city or flying to another city and state. So it was aggressive traveling. And I had done that for four years and it was just, it was just time to be done. Um, but the other half of that was just the pull and I think we'll get into this with a lot of the people we're interviewing is just there's something inside of you that you can't turn off. Mm-hmm. And there's something that that is inspiring you, that you're drawn to, um, that you're researching online, uh, you're seeking out information. Um, and that was just inside of me for this business to help and serve people with money and their finances and their businesses. And uh, I just couldn't ignore it any longer. And um, the, the real switch, though, for me was, and we'll get into this in our, in our next episode, is just, though, uh, what we can do with cash value life insurance, how we can use that with a banking uh, mindset, and how we can uh, leverage against that to purchase assets that produce cash flow and, uh, and you know, really grow 
uh, our net worth and our, and our wealth in just a completely different way than I'd ever seen. And uh, after testing that and researching that, it was just something that I had to, uh, to go all in on. So, Cool. So yeah, we talk about residual income a lot. What do you think, uh, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit there. What do you think is the reason why we're in business today? What was the uncommon path that we took at the beginning of our career? And, and how has that taken us to where we're at today? Well, I think the thing is when you look at conventional financial planning, most advisors are teaching people to put all their money in a 401k, which again, may not necessarily be bad based on your current situation, but you're really, if you think about it, you know, let's say you're at zero and you're putting money into a retirement plan, you're really buying the last year of your life. And you're really working backwards as that pool of money builds up. You know, you're really working back from, let's just say age 100 and you're trying to buy age 99 with that money. Mm -hmm. That just never made sense to me after my five years in business consulting when everything is focused on immediate cash flow. And I think what made us different was with our planning and the way we approach people wasn't, we weren't trying to solve for year 99. You know, we were trying to solve for next week. Like how do we get more money in people's pocket tomorrow? How do we make it easier to save and how do we plug the holes, you know, in their financial um, engine or rowboat or whatever you want to call it and uh, make them more efficient right now, which actually reduces their risk and increases their ability to save uh, and invest for the long term. So I think that's what was to me what made us uncommon is we really meet people where they're at and have met people where they're at and um, let them see the fruit and power of their own cash flow. Mm -hmm, Totally. So that kind of brings me back to my why. And I was uh, at the time uh, when Brian and I met, we first met at an investors club. I was a pharmaceutical rep uh, with a pretty big pharmaceutical company. And I remember just, I really enjoyed my job. Something that I learned quickly in my, uh, I guess, career as a pharmaceutical rep is that the big company that was training me was a for-profit company. So they were telling me what they wanted me to tell the doctor. And when I finally got to the doctor, the doctor said, we have a whole different perspective on things than what you have per your training. And it was a really big eye-opener for me because I understood finally that I had to be a consultant of what this big company was telling me and my end user or the, the client at the time was the doctor slash patient. And so I had to do a lot of research of my own to try to figure out what that common ground was and what the truth was. And, and so when I got out of pharmaceuticals, I was thinking, what other industry out there is, have I never really got a lot of value from? And I was thinking financial services because what, what you just said, Brian, is that you're solving for your, 100, you know, your 99th year of, on the planet and I have needs today, and I've never really talked to an advisor that helped me gain cash flow and, and help me in the day-to-day, but also not lose focus of retirement because eventually uh, we all want to, I guess, have time freedom is what Brian and I call it. But I didn't want to put a number around it. I wanted to use my money efficiently now and, and work with somebody that understood my needs and kind of my desires and my wants and, and, and goals to help me get to my goals today, but not sacrifice for tomorrow. And, and so that's when Brian and I kind of paired up. I, I started with a, a big company out of Des Moines, um, a big insurance company. They told me that they had the greatest training strategy to get advisors from zero to 60. And what that looked like for, for me 
was that they would just tell me to, to write down all my family and friends on a piece of paper, go talk to them, um, and, and ask them what, what, what are they saving a month, right? Like, what's your disposable income every month? And then once they told me, then I would give them this big song and dance about how, what if one of you didn't show up? you know, tomorrow, what if one of you passed away on the way to work or way home from work? What would you do? Ultimately, I think they wanted me to make them cry to get that emotional attachment and then take some of that disposable income that they were saving every month and then sell them more life insurance. And I thought to myself, like, I don't even want to talk to myself, like, let alone my family and friends. And so when Brian and I had this faithful coffee, you remember what it was? It was like June or something. Yeah, it was about, uh, June 15th or June 20th yeah 2012. I, I was in the industry for probably four months and I just remember being discouraged I think at first both Brian and I were like no everything's good you know how you normally do it and then uh, and then I think That's I was great. like yeah so great but then I was like man there's got to be a better way like this kind of sucks and Brian was kind of like let down his guard too he was like man I know a better way but I just don't know how to sell it and so we kind of vowed to that day that we would team together and we've been doing it ever since. And so it's been a fun ride and one that we've kind of galvanized our process and how to work through and help people get excited about what they're doing with their money and take control of it. And, and now we, we have the successful practice that we feel like we have, uh, we have more great clients than I could ever imagine. And we want to keep helping people. We want to keep helping people to the next level and, and give, fun stories and, and obstacles that people are, are struggling with as this, this, this path of uncommonness is, is coming. And so we hope that you guys will take this, this trip with us. Uh, but that's a little bit about the why of why we do it. And when would you say is the best time to sit in front of somebody like you and I, Brian, for a client? Yeah, it's always right now. Um, you know, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. The Bible says that. Um, is that a sales, so, yeah. is that a sales tactic or is that like, really? <laughs> I think that's really, I think, you know, I mean my own personal thing and you've helped me address different things in my, my life. And I think that's again, what your superpower is helping people address things in a loving and safe and, uh, you know, trustworthy way. And, um, I think, I think me included, as so I say this with, with myself, you know, looking in the mirror is we avoid things and we avoid, um, taking action in our life and, uh, you know, resoundingly with most of the people we meet with, I would say, is they're always like, I wish I would have started this sooner and maybe not even necessarily working with us or whatever, but just taking steps towards their goals and dreams and designing that life that they actually really desire. Um, they just may not have that surrounding support or voice, um, or path that reinforces those ideals. Um, as much as it is maybe to stay in the safe job and keep the benefits and, and, you know, those types of pressures. But I want to go back to one thing just with your, your path, Philip, and your why real quick mm-hmm. is after you exited pharmaceuticals. And I don't think, you know, a lot of people realize this, but uh, with Obamacare and not to get political, but about over 400,000 people in the pharmaceutical industry lost their job um, with the introduction of Obamacare. And so being part of that, you know, you had a lot of different job offers to go back into pharmaceuticals with another company, mm-hmm. um, take, you know, what would be identified, I think, by most people in our community is like really good jobs in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. What was that desire inside you to like, I'm not going to go down that path. 
I'm going to go yeah. over here yeah. to the total unknown and uncertainty of something really you've, you've never, you know, dealt with for sure. You know, prior. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, I think there's, there's probably two, two answers to that question. I mean, it's a great question. One, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have somebody else control of where I was going. My numbers were great. Our team was awesome at pharmaceutical land. Um, and it was kind of like the golden handcuffs, if, if that's even, we can just coin that right now, I'm sure. A lot of pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutical reps that are listening to this totally know what I'm saying. Like it was a cush job. You had a car stipend or they just gave you a car, good bonuses, uh, pretty easy lifestyle, pretty flexible. But at the end of the day, you just didn't own anything and you, you weren't control of anything. And, and I find that I, I found that out the hard way or maybe the best way because it's kind of led me to this path, but it's, it was this understanding of everything was going well. My whole team lost their job my boss lost his job, uh, his boss lost her job. I mean, it was a complete reorganization. We'll use that word because it's way more, I guess, constructive. But so it was a whole reorganization and it was like no one had any say in any of it. And so we were more numbers than anything and they just wanted to regroup this. Well, Mark was taken over our, our state and I understand why it happened, but I just didn't feel right about not controlling any of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so I'd say that's my first answer. My second answer is probably just meeting you and having the confidence knowing that this industry is not one that I think people are clamoring to get into. In fact, the way I got into it was selling insurance with a big insurance company here in Des Moines. And even now when somebody says, yeah, I'm going to go sell insurance, I kind of cringe like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah. you know, and so I, I don't think I would have done it unless I had somebody to kind of walk through this and and from your experience you've been you had been doing it for a couple of years and your background with your with your mother uh, in the broker dealer world and your dad in the banking like you've you've almost grown up with this every day of your life and so i felt comfortable and confident enough in your knowledge and and my i guess understanding and i, I knew the risks and the rewards and the and the negatives uh the benefits and the risks and so i i felt like i had enough confidence in i guess God at that point to make the jump and, and go into this uncommon path. But it wasn't something that was consciously like, I got to get out. It, it was kind of done to me. And so I think that was probably the biggest thing that happened to me that kind of changed everything. Uh, but I don't know if that answers your question, but that would be definitely. Fun. That's great. Well, I wanted to go back to uh, one thing on just like when to get started. And I think the reality is, is that when you look at just the statistics, I'm the numbers guy, obviously, if you guys can't tell yet, but we'll get into that more. But when you just look at the base statistics, like, you know, 90% of America is living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, over 60% of retirees um, don't feel prepared for retirement. Um, Social Security for people that are retiring right now is on average over 50% of their income. Uh, I don't think many people, you know, our age, we're in our mid-30s, um, you know, think that's going to be the case for us when we're at their age in our mid 60s and 70s. And I think most people are supplementing their income, either, you know, in a two income household, uh, someone else is working two jobs, or if you're single, someone, you know, you're working two to three jobs. And when you look at just, you know, the Obamacare thing, not to go back to that or beat that up, but, um, you know, if people aren't working 30 hours, you know, most employers don't have to provide health benefits. And so, you know, employers have reduced 
um, you know, hours to get around that loophole. And so, uh, I think a lot of people are looking for different ideas and different ways to make money and make money residually. And so I, that's why I think focusing on the now, focusing on your current cash flow now and meeting people where they're at is just so exciting because there is something within all of us. We all have something that is uncommon and uh, we've all been touched in that way. And I think it's a matter of being able to walk side by side people and, and watch that come out is just the most rewarding thing, you know, I've been a part of. For sure. And I, I think I would definitely edify that and saying that I don't know if anybody has ever met with us and said, oh, I wish I would never have met with you. It's always like, I wish I would have met with you sooner. And that's because Mm -hmm. we don't care what your goals are. We just want to help you achieve them. So you define success. We'll help you get there. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we met with two new uh, individuals. They were married and they wanted to uh, run and build their own compound or like commune. which that's not mm-hmm. really Brian and I's goals, but it was their goals. And so what's the assets that you have? And we'll, we'll show you how this could work if you wanted to do that. And uh, at the end of the day, we let people be the pilot. We're just the co-pilots, you know, showing them what the, what the dials mean and, and helping them kind of dial in the plan. And so, yeah, that's definitely, I would say right now, I would totally agree with you. Uh, and, and that's the scariest part, I think, for a lot of people because they think that we're going to talk about retirement and they've got so many things from now into retirement to think about. They don't ever think about engaging in, a, in, a, in an advisor. And I would say all advisors aren't created equal, but um, that's probably the biggest hang up. Definitely. And they sit down with us, they finally kind of let their shoulders down like, yeah, I actually do need help with this kind of stuff. So that's yeah. where you're so, so looking at the how of our podcast, uh, how do we you know, work with people, how are we going to interview people uh, to highlight um, mm-hmm. kind of the old versus new or the common versus uncommon, uh, give the listeners some idea of, of those two things. Yeah, so the how, um, there's two things I, th- I think that we're kind of talking about. One is is when we work with clients and the other one is, is how we're going to kind of deal with this podcast. And we talked about the podcast about how we were going to talk about what were the challenges and obstacles to get you out of the kind of the rut of just going to work and coming back. And being an employee isn't bad because we have a lot of clients that are employees, but they're, they're being purposeful and with what they're doing and, and their money and, and discretionary income to get them out of that to maybe start the residual income. And so walking through that with each of our listeners and each of our, I guess, guests, and hopefully people can gain one confidence and two excitement that they can do this as well. And then the other one is how we do it with our clients. And, and that's where I think it's, it's powerful to work with somebody that's a team and a partnership because Brian is the numbers guy looking at everyone's numbers and then really understanding what their true def- definition of success is. Once we know those two, it's pretty easy to just line it up and, and see where you're at. Not only that, but then where, where would this mean? What's the exit strategy if you did get into business? Uh, if, mm-hmm. if, you know, if we meet somebody that's in their 50 maybe even 60s, what does retirement look like? Where are you going to get your cash flow? Because when you're in retirement, you're really keen on the residual income or gaining, uh, I guess, income from the portfolio that you have accrued over your lifetime. And that's exactly what we're talking about. What we like to do when we work with younger people is to try to get them in that mindset earlier so they don't have to step off this huge curb at the end of retirement where they don't work at all. And now they need their money to work for them drastically, right? And they've never had that. There's a chasm there. And so there's a fear base. But when we work with people a little bit younger, we can start 
we can start having their money work for them earlier. So by the time they step into retirement, it's a natural progression. They've been doing this for you know, 10, 15, 20 years that they've had their money be working for them. And so it's an easier transition. But I mean, we've been working with so many people. I mean, talking about social security and, and healthcare and all this stuff that people are trying to understand. And, and they need it just as, just as much as the 30 year old if they're 60 or, or 70. So it, there really is no age gap. And we have, I mean, the, the age, I would say, what do you think our average age is? I mean, we're, we're all over the gamut. <laughs> Yeah. If you took an average, it'd be, I'd say 45. Yeah. So, I mean, we were working with really older clients and older to me is like 94. So <laughs> we don't have any of those, but you know, so I would say that our, how, how we do it is we like to just create a plan and Brian does a great job of putting it into our software that we have um, and then creating a baseline and once we have that baseline, it's not the end all be all, which I think a lot of advisors would do like, okay, we did you a financial plan. Now, good luck. And we'll, we'll reconvene in a year or two years or whatever it is. But that's just the starting ground. That's just the baseline. And if you think about it in workout terms, like that's just your pre-screening. You just want to do some testing to see if you ever do improve. Um, and so that's where we start. And then where we want to go is really where you want to take the whole conversation and where your goals are. And so would you agree with that in the how? Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's go to, I think the where, where are our clients and how do we get them and where do, how do we work with them? And if, are they all in Iowa or talk about that? Sure. So we, we obviously have a uh, large client base in central Iowa, just cause that's where we are physically located. Um, but we've now uh, expanded out to about 15 States, um, including California to Florida. So We've got the coast covered now. Um, my my desire is to uh, get somebody in Alaska just because I want to go there. So Alaska, if you're listening, um, holler. <laughs> but um, yeah, and we're obviously leveraging technology uh, through uh, through we use Zoom and just the internet. And there's different things that we can do to uh, track everybody's stuff, you know, in real time through websites and. Uh, so we're trying to do our best to work with people where they're at, not only um, financially, but physically uh, with, uh, you know, geographically speaking in the country. So perfect. And I think too, in, in looking at this podcast, uh, I'm excited because I do think we're going to reach um, some international guests uh, as we look at just the globalization of our world, uh, technology, and uh, obviously now with like cryptocurrency and be able to move money freely um, throughout the world uh, with the click of a button. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, our international uh, guests as well. Nice. So what tool can we give the listeners right now just to kind of give them something just to bite their teeth into, think about to the next podcast comes out? Um, what would you say that we could give them? I'd say, you know, one more ethereal um, <clears throat> or abstract, I guess, is um, just what are you passionate about? And, and, in that, like if there's something that's inside of you that you can't stop thinking about, like if it's an idea or you watch Shark Tank, um, whatever that is that's maybe been suppressed or put on hold or, you know, you had a baby or, you know, you lost your job, whatever that is, there, there is something inside all of us that's unique, which is uncommon. And um, I would just ask uh, that you would uh, light a little flame on that. And bring that more to the surface and start documenting that and uh, trying to quantify what it is. Like if you're not where you're at, what's it going to take 
to get there? Like how much does that new house cost from a down payment? How much money do you need to pay off that debt or the medical bill? Yeah. You know, those date, types of things. What date do yeah. you want to get those paid off? That stuff. For sure. And then I think the, the second thing is most tangibly and what I really think we're going to highlight here more on the podcast is what sources of income do you have? I think so much of the financial stuff out there is like, how much money can you put away and how much can you cut in expenses? But I don't think advisors do a great job of like, how do we double your income or how do we double your ability to save uh, with the same amount of money you already have? And really challenging yourself of like, where is your money going and, and why? And just reevaluating that process, especially, especially at year end here um, and, and the beginning of a, of a new year, um, just looking at your budget again and where you're spending your dollars. Mm -hmm, for sure. And I would say just another question is what's keeping you up at night? What are the problems that you, you can't seem to solve? Those are the ones that we love to, to work with, to try to help work alongside of you. So I would totally agree. Those two questions are, are, are great ones. What are you passionate about? Or, and, or, and I guess, and, and then what's keeping you up at night. So the next podcast that we're going to have is going to be another duo cast with Brian and I. We're going to talk about the seven sources of residual income as we see it um, and, and what we try to like get our clients to start rethinking. And then hopefully uh, you guys will start getting a feel of the undertone of <laughs> the world that Brian and I live every day. And it's a fun one. And we mm -hmm. hope that you guys are on this journey with us. But the Uncommon Life Project is in all of us, right? And we just got to figure out how to unlock it. Some people are closer than others. And, and we want to try to highlight that in this. And so being Uncommon Wealth Partners, we get to partner with people every day and help them walk down this path. And we really want to be two, I guess, co-pilots and part of your advisory team, whatever that looks like for you guys. And so guys, thank you for listening for our first one. What would be your closing thoughts, Brian? Uh, just to keep moving forward and it is a new year and um, your ideas and dreams can become a reality. And uh, if you're not surrounding yourself with people that are telling you that, then you need to find new friends. And um, <laughs> I hope that this podcast can be a place where you hear from people. This, I would just say average people. I think we're all average. Um, but we all have something within us that's uncommon. And as we highlight that and you see people that went through uh, that metamorphosis, that transformation, uh, it is hard. And it will be hard, but it's worth it when you're on the other side and uh, you're living the life that you desire and, um, and uh, you, you, know, you have money that works for you. You're not just constantly working for your money. For sure. So guys, we hope that you enjoyed the first podcast. We'll give it back to you for the second. We're talking about the seven sources of residual income and we're looking forward to talking then. Have a great day. Thanks everybody. Goodbye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life. 